Good. Good evening. It's lucky to be with you guys, man. My name is Hannes. I'm from Malkbos, hence the dress code. Someone already corrected me. Like, it looks like you're from Malkbos. Okay, I just, I went to church like this this morning and I was actually well-dressed, all right? And I knew coming here I'm probably going to be way underdressed, but I'm okay with that. So I, I trust that you can look past my dress code tonight. That's not quite applicable. It's like, you know, Godfrey like that. And Lenny. Lenny changed quite a bit since I knew him. Uh, moving a snor and a scooter and a, that dress coat, you know. Hey, uh, eh? a retro man, yes, <laughs> nice. Like, uh, and uh, my wifey, I've left at home today with our little baby. She's extremely cute. We've learned from Leonard, and then we only get one at a time, so we're actually sleeping really well. But we uh, we've had a long weekend. So my wife, at two o'clock this afternoon, she says, "Is it okay if I tap out?" I said, "Yes, it's okay if you tap out." So we already at church this morning. But it's lucky to be with you guys, man. And uh, I just want to say, for us coming today, Darren, myself, we're driving in. I said to him. How cool is it as a privilege that I, I know some of you, but very few of you I'm ever going to see in the future again, you know, maybe in church or whatever here and there. But there's such a privilege tonight that we can come here and something that God has done in our lives that we are extremely passionate about, that we can come for a night and we can encourage you and then we're going again. But that maybe for the future or even for tonight, from tonight, that something about worship, okay, that's what I'm going to speak about, that worship will be birthed in your hearts that you can never go back on. That's what I'm trusting for, okay? So... My background is I basically grew up in something like this, in, in, a, in a church. Okay? I, I was born in an incredible household, Christian parents, went to church. But it was very much in a building like this with not extravagant worship. Okay? Some of you growing up like that? All right, yeah, a few, okay? No, not a lot. But I remember the first time that I saw a lady raise her hand in church during worship, I honestly thought she had a question, okay? <laughs> like, it was, it was foreign to us that when the organ played that anyone would raise their hands, and there was one day a lady that stood like that and asked my mom, does she want to ask something? Because I've never seen something like that, okay? And, and then when I got saved, I went to a camp which Leonard actually led uh, years ago when I was grade eight, okay? He's much older than me. But um, years ago when I was grade eight, there was a Christian camp in Bloemfontein and I went there and it was wild, okay? I remember just coming from an NGHS background to that was like, we either in heaven or very close. That's what it felt like, all right? It was a band and it was big and it was extravagant and people jumped and something in me as an extrovert was drawn to it, okay? Firstly, I want to say introvert's nightmare, but it was, it was a bit more, I was attracted to it. Yet there was something deeper about worship that it was like, I'm seeing something of God that I've heard about for years, but I'm seeing it in these people, Amen. okay? And, and for, if you visit here with us for the first time tonight, so lucky to have you. Okay, I'm also a visitor here for the first time tonight. But something in the way that we worship, I want to encourage you, you, you. You might ask, why do we speak about worship tonight and this thing that we do, okay? I want to tell you one of the major ways that you're going to see God is in the way that we love Him. Okay? And for you who are here as a member, one of the major ways that the world will know that we really love God. Okay, I want to tell you, if visitors come in here, sorry if you're a visitor, I'm throwing your, um, your tools out on the card here, okay? But I know visitors coming to church, one of the questions they have when they come is like, is God really as big as these people say? That's a question they come with. Is God as big as they tell me, okay? And the way that they see if he's that big, as, if we believe he's, he's as big as we say, is in the way that we give him honor, okay? That's how they know. And, and so for you who are here, there's something I want to stir all of us tonight that I know there's a, there's a challenge here for us, that man, 
extroverts, introverts. We started like that, okay? And we think with worship that there's different strokes for different folks, you know? I want to tell you, my wife and I are polar opposites, all right? I wish you could meet her tonight. Okay? We, we are complete opposites, but we worship God the same way, extravagantly, okay? Because there's something about, like, He's as big as we believe He is. All right? You with me? It's gone very serious. Are you guys, are you guys with me? All right, so I want to I want to go for it. The first verse you can put up Hebrews thirteen. Put it up there for me, and here we go. Almost there. It's okay, bro. I have a lot of grace, um, but get it up there, okay? <laughs> I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> Sorry. A bad joke. I'm going to read it for us along because we're going to go through this verse plenty of times. Okay? Trust me, it's in the Bible. All right? It says, Hebrews 13 verse 15 says this, Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise that is the fruit of lips that openly profess His name. And uh, so I want to start with this, that sometimes, you know, with worship, if you've been around church, even if it's your first time here, you would have heard that the thing we do in church is we sing. Now, I don't know if you ever questioned that before, but don't you think it can be the weirdest thing ever? Like a bunch of us gets together, like it's not, a, not even a rugby match where we cheer someone on, and we get together and we turn this way, and we all just like do that. And uh, any, does anybody ever think about church like that? Okay, sometimes I just think, like, how, how did we end up doing this, all right? And uh, there's something where, if, you, if you've been around, you've heard that people sing, and it's something we do, you probably expect that if you come to church tonight, that it's, it's something we're going to do. And if you ever stop to ask why, why do we do that? And, uh, and so Hebrews 13, where it starts, and it says, it starts just through Jesus. Now, I want to tell you, if you came here tonight expecting to have a proper worship band, and I, I think they're going to be good. I don't know the guy. I think it's going to be great, all right? But who, who's leading worship again tonight? All right, bro, you're going to do so good, okay? But uh, uh, so well. And, uh, but if, if you came tonight expecting a band to rev us up and we're going to all be emotionally activated and stirred to do this, it's going to be a long night, all right? Because we don't have professionals doing this. I don't think he's professional, okay? But I know I'm not. Yeah? But if we came tonight through Jesus, yeah, the knowing that if it wasn't for him, we were all in big trouble. Yeah? And there's, a, there's a, a confidence or a, a revelation, an overwhelming revelation that if it wasn't for God, I was in such trouble. Yeah? I was in deep trouble. I tell you, something of that, when I understand the mercy of God, it makes me want to pour out my life to Him and love Him in a way that He will enjoy it. Have you thought about that before? Okay. I, I recently went through a, a, a situation uh, two years ago when it was under church discipline. Okay. Yes, me, Hannes, addicted to pornography, under church discipline. And, uh, and I, I remember for me growing up in church, I thought that I was a good boy, okay? I, I thought that I was, I was good. I mean, all of us are good if you compare yourself to Hitler the whole time, all right? And, uh, and I, thought I, was a, I thought I was a good guy. And, and thinking about, I always listened to Leonard's stories. I wasn't as bad as Leonard, all right? And, uh, oh, sorry, it's too, too soon, okay? Leonard? Uh, Leonard? No, no, no. I can say this. Leonard from Kriersdorf told me some stories years ago, okay, that I was, like, confident that I'm not as bad as Lenny. And uh, so, uh, just joking, okay. But I thought, like, I'll be okay, you know. I'll get to heaven. And then I got saved, and I kind of just eased into the, into the better side, you know. Until the day that I had to stand in front of the church and to say, 
I've sinned. And I, I was wrong. And I, I actually, I've fallen short of the mercy of God. I've fallen short. <laughs> fallen short. <laughs> fallen short. Okay. I've, I've fallen short. And, and I remember going through the time and walking with people. And then the first day, it was probably a month or two later that we had communion in church. And I, I've taken communion plenty of times in my life, okay? And I remember standing with the, with the cup and with the bread, and I was overwhelmed by that if it wasn't for this, where would I be? Because suddenly my works that I thought was good enough just wasn't. Because I wasn't good enough, you know? I, I'm a sinner. And, and I remember that night, we, we were still in groups of 50 with COVID. Remember those days, okay? And I stood there, and I was overcome with gratitude and thankfulness at the mercy of God. And you know, the, the very next response is, I just wanted to worship God. Amen. I just wanted to worship Him. And I want to I encourage us, you know, with this thing with worship, I said to Leonard, the last thing that I want to do tonight is to stir us up and, and give you tools and, and put a law on you and we can make this a work thing and we can all jump tonight or we could all clap hands or we could all shout and the next week someone has to encourage us again to clap and to sing and to shout and the week after someone needs to encourage us to clap and to shout. And, uh, but what if we can be a people who are aware and overwhelmed by the mercy of God? Amen. And when we come through those doors, we already came through the door that is Jesus that allowed us to worship. And we don't need professionals to rev us up tonight and to say, come on, guys, louder, louder, louder. You don't want to be softer than the 6 p.m. service. Louder, louder, okay? We could do that. Or we could be overcome by mercy. And overwhelmed by, if it wasn't for God, where would we be? Okay. And maybe you're like me, where you thought you're not that bad, okay, in comparison to Hitler, okay, or to Leonard. <laughs> Joke. Okay. And, and maybe, maybe tonight, even if you're a visitor with us for the first time, maybe tonight there's something that, that God wants to drop in your heart, that if it wasn't for Him, okay, good people don't go to heaven. Believers go to heaven. All right? And that it's not about being good, it's about Him, about God. So, does it make sense? You guys with me? I'm getting blank stares, all right? Uh, I hope you're with me. And um, so I want to I encourage you that the it, worship, we, we cannot get past this point of, and even for, for those in worship leading, I think sometimes the struggle is what songs, what songs, what songs. I want to tell you the last thing God cares about is a song. You know, in heaven right now, I don't know what they're singing, but it's much louder than what we're going to sing tonight. It's like God is not waiting for the next best, next best song that we're going to produce out of this. He's, he's waiting for your hearts, full of gratitude tonight, and, and that we need to come through the door of mercy before we come through those doors to produce a song. Amen? Amen. All right. It got very heavy very quickly. That wasn't the aim. But... Then I want to I wanna go, we got, we got it up there, up there. thank you, bro. Um, so then it says that through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. Now, the word sacrifice, um, I don't know, sacrifice, you know, it's, it's like, um, I think I got the meaning up here. Let me just check quickly. Uh, no, sacrifice, but we all know what sacrifice means, okay? It's, it's to offer something. Now, I don't know who of you got up this morning and said, today I want to sacrifice something. Not really, okay? It's not, a, it's not a thread in our lives to get up as today I want to sacrifice something to God. No, I think sacrifice is for like the elite Christians. 
where we look at the one or two who's really giving it all, and when the rest of us are like, well done, okay, good for you, like, we're not going to go the extra mile, okay, there's like the few, you guys know what I'm speaking about, okay, there's a few people in church, the double timers, what let, let, let me call them the double dippers, who's going to stay for the 6 p.m., and we're like, well done, okay, you going the extra mile here, really sacrificing some of your, some of your time. And for the rest of us, we think about sacrifice like, no, okay, it's, it's costly, it's painful. I remember a quick story, but like, uh, there was once a, one of our youthies, when I led youth, that came to me, it's like, I'm at that space where I really want to, I want to give God everything. I want to sacrifice my life to Him. I said, okay, cool, why don't we start with your PlayStation? And... Uh, no, okay, because the, the PlayStation was like consuming eight hours of his day per day, and I said, why don't we sacrifice that to God? It was like, no, and, uh, and, and I, I th- sometimes, I, I mean, I've got ever pressed on your number like that. It's like, you want to give me everything? Okay, let's start with that, and, and I think, no, we don't live like that. You know, sacrifice can be like a badge of honor to the elite guys, but, you know, there it says that let's continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. I want to tell you that worship, when it's in its real form, when it's not just singing songs, actual worship is always going to cost you something. It's going to be, it's going to be costly to you. It's not going to be in your natural habitat always, if I can put it like that. It's not just going to be in your comfort zone. There's not different strokes, different strokes for different folks here, okay? Worship in its real form, form is always going to be costly. And, and I'm not only speaking about the raising of hands here. I want to say to a degree... How hot can it be, you know? Like, I remember the first time I had to raise my hand, it was pretty awkward, I know, okay? But there's something of that. But worship in, in its form, when you are, I want what, what is the example that I can use now? But I, I'll, I'll use this. She doesn't mind me sharing it. My sister, a few years ago, went on a missions trip to Turkey. I'll, I'll give you a short-hand story. But, and while she was in Turkey, um, long story short, she got left alone from the team, and some guy picked her up and he molested her, Okay? While on a missions trip for the Lord, okay, I want to tell you that that thing, like, it almost shipwrecked her faith, you know, it's like, uh, can you imagine the questions that must come out of that, like, God, I did it for you, I was there for you, and, and then this thing happened, and my sister, for those of you who know her, she's the innocent, innocent self, okay, she, I don't think she's ever held a guy's hand, okay, and there that happened to her. And it was a rocky time, okay? And we flew her back. She came to stay with us for a few days. And I remember I was angry with God. I was like, God, how could you? How could you let it be done? And, uh, and it was 4.12 time. I remember taking her with to 4.12. And that night, um, it was, what was that, 2019, probably about. I remember Mervis leading worship and we sang a song. Uh, you guys will know that Jesus, you're worth it all of every nation and every soul. And I remember standing there and I've never wept like that in my life to know that God, even if it was for one person, and my sister went there and it was a sacrifice for her. Like, God, you were worth it, worthy of it. And I remember looking back at my little sis who's just been through a trauma time, standing and loving God with everything she's having. Okay. I'm going to tell you, it was a sacrifice of praise. But it, I f- it felt like that night, maybe the music in heaven got a bit softer and God looked. You know, God looked. And there was a choice. Kala always says this, for, you guys want to know Kala, but Kala says this, the one thing that you can do on earth that you can't do in heaven is you can choose. You can choose to worship Him. You can, in heaven, you won't have a choice. Okay? We'll just see and we'll behold. Okay, on earth, we won't always see, and it won't always just be the, the hype, but we can choose. 
It's a sacrifice, you know, sacrifice of praise. And yet we struggle. You guys agree? Yeah. Okay. And um, Louis Giglio said this once. He says the church is made up out of sacrifice. He says if there's no sacrifice, there's no church. If there's no sacrifice, there's no worship. It's costly. I want to read us a verse, Malachi 1, if we can get it up there. there. Not yet. There we go. Thanks, man. It says this. It's, this is um, God speaking to his people, all right? And he says, a son honors his father and a servant his master. And he says, if I'm a father, where's the honor due me? This is God speaking to his people, all right? He says, hey, if I'm a father, where's the honor due me? And if I'm a master, where's the respect due me, says the Lord Almighty. It is you, O priest, who show contempt for my name. And they're like, but how if we showed contempt for your name? Next one. It says, because you place default food on my altar. It says, but you ask, how if we default you? See, um, by saying that the Lord's table is contemptible. Next one. It says, when you bring blind animals for sacrifice, isn't it wrong? And when you sacrifice crippled or deceased animals, is that not wrong? Try offering them to your governor. Would he be pleased with you? Would he accept you, says the Lord Almighty? I think that's it. Uh, sorry, now, now implore God to be gracious to us. With such offerings from your hands, will he accept you, says the Lord Almighty? Um, now, and now, the next one, sorry. Is it verse 9? Not, okay, I'll read it. He says, now plead with God to be gracious to us. And so this is God speaking to his people and says, you know, you, you, offer, you bring me sacrifices. Okay, they actually had to do it in that time. Bringing animals and stuff. But now looking at your flock, and you're like, this is quite a nice flock, right? But there's a blind one, and one that's struggling to walk, one that was attacked by an animal. We can offer that to God. It will cost us nothing, you know? And it's easy. It's easy to bring that. So they come to the temple with these animals, and they put it on the offering table, and they're offering to God, thinking that it's okay. And God looks at that and says, do you th even think bringing that to your governor or to the president or whoever, do you think he'll be pleased with that? And, and why do we do it with God, you know? And, and I remember reading that for the first time. I'm like, yes, shame on them. How could they ever think that that'll be okay with God? And then God is like, how much more do you do that with me in my day and age? Now, I don't bring animals to God today to, to sacrifice to Him, but sometimes I bring Him my, lef my leftover money or the the leftover time that I had in the day, or the, the feeling that when I came to church and I didn't really feel like today giving it my all, it's like, God, I'll give you what I can today, or I'll, I'll give you what I want today, maybe easy, I'll just stay at the back, you know, God, it's been a long week. And, and we put something on the table for God, and it's just not costly, you know. And, and, and I th like I think what Louis said there is like, without, without sacrifice, there's no real worship. And, and so can you get what I'm trying to stir with us here? It's not actions. It's heart. It's, it's a heart that wants to say, God, I know it's been a real costly week, but I want to give you of my best. Not because I think it's a good idea, but because God, here's this. You know, Jesus didn't feel like dying on the cross. <laughs> Even asked God, please, Jesus, if the, please, God, if there's any way for this not to happen, I would enjoy that. Okay. He says, please, I don't feel like it. But for the joy set before him, he did it. Okay? And, uh, and I know sometimes we come to church or we, we at our homes. That's a, okay? And we don't always feel like it. And I, 
I, what I want to stir with you is if you don't feel like it, if you ever drive to church and you just don't feel like it today, I want to, I want to encourage you to see nail-pierced hands that also didn't feel like it, but he did it. And if it wasn't for that, we actually couldn't stand it today in worship. And uh, as for all of us, you know, good or bad, if you think you're good, it's for you as well. If the nail-pierced hands, if the nail-pierced hands wasn't there for you and I, we couldn't be here. And there's, there's a, that, brings, that stirs us a bit more, am I right? To bring something to God that's, that's worthy, actually, of worship, worthy to be put on the altar. So I want to I tell you a story. Second uh, Samuel, I'm just going to explain this to us, but basically there was the Ark of the Covenant in those days that represented the presence of God. Okay? It, was, uh, it must have been pretty cool to know that you can go and it's there, but you can't touch it can't come close, all right? And so we've got this thing. It's been away for long, and David tells the guys, listen, it's a long way. I want you to bring the ark to me, and they loaded on this chariot thing. You guys know the story, all right? Some of you know it. But they loaded on this trailer with uh, oxes and whatever, which they weren't allowed to do. There was a, there was a, a way that the presence of God had to be treated. And, uh, and, and I think it's still like that today for us. There's a way that we come into the presence of God. God says with clean hands and pure hearts. That's how we come to Him, not just however we like, right? But there was a way that they had to treat this thing. But they put it on the ox cart, and there was an Uzzah that went and he touched it and actually died. Died of the presence of God because he didn't treat it rightly, all right? We still serve the same God, by the way. Anyway, and so David says, okay, bad idea. They all got a fright. We can't do that. And he said, next time, so they left it at one guy's house. And so years later, he says, I want to bring the ark back to Jerusalem. And he says, we'll do it rightly this time. But um, I'm going to read 2 Samuel 6, verse 12 to 13. It says, um, it says now King David was told the Lord had blessed. Uh, is that the right one? I think so. I'm going to read it from here. I think, I'm not sure if I gave you, gave you the right verses. I hope so. Um, oh, so yes, from there. So David went down and brought the ark um, of God from the house of Obed Edom to the city of David with rejoicing. Next verse. And he says, when those who were carrying the ark of the Lord had taken six steps, he sacrificed a bull and a fattened calf. All right? I want you to picture this, okay? Walking with the ark, six steps. Okay, one, two, three, four, five, six. Stops. Put it down. Slaughter a fattened calf and a bull. Okay? Pick it up. Six steps. Slaughter a fattened calf and a bull. Pick it up. Go on, all right? And uh, so I, I went and did some research. So some of the scholars that debate how it could have um, played out. But some of them, it says, during the ceremony of transporting the ark from the house of that guy into the tabernacle of David, David sacrificed an ox and a fattened calf every six paces. The journey was about six miles. So if each step were approximately two feet, six paces would be 12 feet, David could have stopped 2,640 times during the journey and offered 2,640 oxen and 2,640 calves. All right? Some guys say it could have, if, they, if they did it individually, it could have taken them 10 or 11 months. Six miles. Six miles. Okay? Pick it up, slaughter, worship. Because okay? it was the way that the presence of God needed to be handled, you know? And here's the key. Guess where those oxen and the calves came from? Not out of Israel's treasury. David said, I'll pay for this. I'll do it. I want to worship God. This is, there's another story later, but this is David's heart, you know, where he says in 2 Samuel 24, 24, it says, David said to them, far be it from me to offer anything to the Lord that cost me nothing. 
I, I pray for us as a church, guys, that that may be a, a phrase for you, as Josh in Staley's PM, okay, that you can say, far be it from us to offer anything to the Lord that costs us nothing. Huh? What would it look like, you know? I'm, I'm dreaming about this even for, for us as Malkus. Like, if we can remember this, far be it from us to, end, to offer something to God that doesn't cost us something. David knew that, okay? He knew what it looks like to cost, to bring something that co- that's costly. So I want to touch on one thing here that there's a couple of areas that I, that I felt I could name, but one thing that I really felt just for you to sacrifice, what God is looking for, okay, is the sacrifice of self, Okay, it, it really just felt that God is not here today looking for actions out of you guys or, I don't know, even more time. I don't know what you want to put in there, but it's like He wants you. That's what He's after. Okay, and there's something like, I, I think sometimes as Christians we get caught into this thing. It's like, what is it that we can do for God? And I, it feels like God is saying, I, I want you yeah, to, to give yourself to me. So, I don't know if you've heard a song by Brandon Lake where it's called Living Sacrifice. And it just, it's based on Romans 12. He says, I'll be a living sacrifice. And I'll tell you, that song has been playing in my house for the past two years. Okay? Just said, God, I want to be that a living sacrifice for you. Use me. Do with me what you want, God. I don't, not something cheap. I want to give you everything that I have. Um, and, uh, and the thing with this is uh, that I wrote this. Is often people go around looking for churches that suit their style of worship. And we make, we make worship something that feels more, worship something that makes us feel satisfied rather than keeping it about God. You know, and I, I know you guys are here, so I don't think you're necessarily looking around at churches, but like, how, do, how often do we do that, you know? Even the challenge, like, if we hear the 6 p.m. services pumping, I'll be there, okay? Like, we're looking for worship that's lacquer, you know? I, I tend to go around like that, like, where is it going to fit my need or whatever? And rather than, we, we don't always think quickly, what is it that I can bring to him? And, and I can tell you, you can have the worst band up here ever, yeah? no muses. I'm not saying that about tonight, okay? But you can have the worst band up here ever. But if you have people who come to bring to God and make it about God, worship will be like you've never seen in your life. And when I'm necessarily talking about loud, I'm telling that God comes down to meet with us. And when, I, when we drove here, Daryl just asked me, what do I feel about tonight? And he said one, one thing. He said, um, you must clarify later if I don't share it well. But he said, one thing he feels for us is to expect that when you, when you see God, that he wants to come down and meet with you. You know, often in the Bible, especially if you read through the Old Testament, there were instructions that, that, the, that God gave to the people. Often, I, I love it, he says, there were some portions where we told the people, I want you to give me a clap offering. I'm just picturing millions of Israelites or thousands standing and clapping to God, okay? That must have been cool, okay? It was their worship. And they clapped or they shouted. And almost all of those phrases where it says that the people stood and they clapped or they shouted to God, the very next verses, it says that God came down and met with them. And isn't that what we want? You know, it's like we're not here to, to get the goosebump feeling or the, the, it's not about us. But when we make it about God, I want to say 90% of the time he turns it around and he comes and he meets with his people. It's what we're after, you know. And, uh, but what he's looking for is you, not a new song. He's looking for your hearts. Um, yeah, man. I, I can't get into all the nitty-gritty of, of what it can look like. But if you go through the Bible, there's 
tons of verses about how God enjoys to be worshipped. Okay, God is quite prescriptive, prescriptive. Okay, about His things. Okay, and this verse is about. It says, "I want all men to lift holy holy hands." Have you heard that before? Okay, guys, I want you to know that God enjoys it when you lift your hands. Don't ask me why. Okay, but here's maybe a thing. If you if have you have seen movies, okay, with a where there's a gun pointed at people, okay, and they go, all right, what is it? It's the national sign of surrender. surrender, okay, and 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 somehow God enjoys it when we do this. Yes, it's we surrender. National sign of surrender, okay, and 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 God enjoys it when we surrender to Him, okay. There's there's verses about kneeling, okay. Sometimes in the presence of God, often like it says when when God came, people didn't stand; they like fell down. And worship Him. Okay, there's times where the people clapped. There's times where the people shouted. Okay, this morning in Malchus we had a moment where we we didn't even have a long worship time. It was after the first song that there was a um, one of the guys read a psalm where it says, "Shout to God, all the people." Okay, and we lifted a shout this morning. And I tell you, when we shouted, it's like God came down and visited us. And I don't know how it works, you know, but He does it. And so sometimes we have to shout, even if you feel like it or not. You know, introverts, that's your moment to give God, this is it, okay? And you send it with everything you have. Um, send it, sorry, that's a very Mark Bossy term. Um, hey, full send, okay? Um, sometimes, often in the Bible you read, when the presence of God came, that there were tears. And, and just weeping, you know? Like, I, I know for myself, when I feel God, I just weep. Okay? I love it. It's very manly to cry in the presence of God. I think this isn't necessarily about song, but I wanted to, one of the ways that I felt for you guys as students, okay, this is, a, this is where challenge begins. One of the ways that God likes to be worshipped is generously with our money. Okay? That challenge is here for you now. I don't know what all of you are studying, but I know one, some of you are going to make tons of money one day. I'm going to tell you that God is jealous over you. And, and can you love God well with your money? It starts now, not one day when you're earning the big bucks. It's like to be a cheerful giver unto God with your bucks. That's proper worship to God, that. Okay? It's to love Him well. I'm going to finish with this. Luke 17. It's a, probably one of the most well-known stories in the Bible, but it's going to be up there. And I'm going, to, I'm going to read from here, and then we're going to go through this. But it says, this is Jesus. Now, on His way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And he was going into a village, um, as he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. And they stood at a distance, and they called in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And when he saw them, he said, go and show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. Now, uh, I'm just going to pause there for a second. Have you, have, you, have you ever imagined what that walk must have looked like? Okay, Leprosy was a disease where some guys had noses missing, all right, and, and fingers missing. And I don't know if some, were, some of them were on crutches. Leprosy was a, it's a disease, you know, that you lose body parts. It froths up, okay? It's not a nice sickness, okay? And Jesus tells them, go and show yourself to the priest. And as they're going, your nose grows back. Or your, or your hand suddenly has fingers on you. You can high-five someone for the first time in a while. All right? I like, can, you, can you imagine what it's like to be part of that walk? I don't, do you guys picture the Bible like this sometimes? Okay. It's a, it's a pretty exciting journey these guys are having. All right? And it says, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. I want to tell you that loud voices, it's in the Bible. Okay? God likes it. Like, uh, Thank you. Someone said amen, okay? God likes loud voices that is abandoned to Him. Like, 
not sitting in the, sometimes there's times in the corner where we experience God, but there's most of the times where we bring him something in a loud voice, all right? And he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And then he adds this, for some reason, with a double dash, and he says, and he was a Samaritan. And Jesus asked him, we're not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? And then he said to him, rise and go, your faith has made you well. I just want to touch on a few points with that. Is, uh, firstly, he said, Samaria in those days, for anyone of you who've watched The Chosen here, probably everyone, all right? But, but Samaria was a, um, it was a cultural and a racial tensed place, all right? It was like the, all the people that it, God said to the Jews, you weren't allowed to interracial marry, that's where they lived. Okay, and, and they hated one another. It was this tense place, and the Jews, it, it said that they would rather travel around that place, take a day or two longer, than to go through it. And Jesus gets there, and he says, no, 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 we're going through it. I'm not avoiding this route. And he goes through, Jerusalem, uh, through Samaria. And um, the second thing is this, leprosy was a, was a very misunderstood disease, you know, like, I think probably like COVID. Um, sorry, okay, bad, bad joke. But... Um, it's, it was a, people believed, some guys believed it was a curse, you know, that your body parts would just start falling off and they didn't know how to treat it in this day. So what they did is they exiled the people, put them in self-isolation with masks. And, um, and if you had to go out, if you wanted to come close into the city, you had to have this bell and, and you shout, leper, unclean. Leper, unclean, okay? And I've done that when we had COVID. We would walk down to the beach and our neighbor saw us walking down and I came and I was unclean, unclean, okay? And uh, so, can, but can you imagine, like, I know we, we're laughing, it's not the same as COVID, okay? Can you imagine in those days having to come down and, and you're outside the city isolated and whenever someone comes close to you, you have to shout, I'm unclean, I'm unclean. And you actually couldn't go and worship God in the temple, because it was seen as a curse, all right? And it was um, contagious. And um, proper emotional damage. Uh, okay, if you ever thought that your friends that didn't pick you first for the soccer game at school was emotional damage, okay, this is it right here, where this was emotional damage to another degree where you have to shout unclean for every sane person that comes close to you. It's a, the way that I think it was set up, it was a lifestyle that was set up for disaster. I mean, what, are, what hope did those guys have, you know? Um, to ever find God and ever find mercy. It was just, it was disaster. And, um, but they heard Jesus coming and they started crying for mercy. And I, I want to tell you, you know, often I think for, for us as Christians, like, um, or as people mainly, okay, we, we get this, um, oh man, what is the word? Um, when I deserve something. Uh, <laughs> entitlement, that's the one, okay? We get this entitlement, like, I deserve to be healed by God, you know? Like, well, how could God do that? A story of my sister, okay? Like, how could he allow? It's like entitlement that God needs to protect us. Who is God to do with us what he wants, you know? And, uh, and I think sometimes when God looks at that, it's like, it's pride, okay? And, and, and we wonder why we don't see God. I think sometimes it's that, you know? And, um, and these guys, just zero entitlement, and it says they heard that he was coming, and they started crying out for mercy. And I want to I ask us, you know, in, in our lives, if we can shift from the entitlement thing that I deserve that God needs to bless me or I deserve that God needs to do this, how about we start and we swing it and we just cry out for mercy? It's like, I tell you, it won't be long till God rushes to meet that. Okay. 
And, um, and Jesus then tells them to go and show themselves to the priest, which is a terrible idea. Okay? They weren't allowed in the temple. It's like, go and show yourselves to the guys who excommunicated to you. Okay? It's like, um, and, they, but this, and, and they weren't healed. Okay? By the time that he told them that, they weren't, fully he- or they weren't healed at all. So he says, go and show yourselves to the priest. It's a bad idea, but they went. They decide to obey Him. And I want to ask you, when God, uh, probably when you want to worship God extravagantly, okay, when, when you want to worship God in faith, I would say there's an 80% or 90% chance that God is going to tell you to do something extravagant. Okay? I want to ask you, obey Him. Okay? Obey Him before you see the healing. That's good. Okay? Are you with me? Okay? Obey Him before you see it. Um, and as they went... So often I think when God is going to ask you something, I want to ask you to obey Him. And it's often in the going that He's going to respond and He's going to do it. It says, as they went, they were healed. And um, we already spoke about the journey, how cool that would have been. And then one of them had this revelation um, of the glory of God. And when he realized that actually this was Jesus. Okay? This is the Son of God. And, uh, and He's... Um, and, and it's interesting, it says his response wasn't more like, oh, look at me, I'm healed. And how many of you have done that before? We ask something about God and he, do, he does, and it's like, how cool is that? Look at me. I've done that before, okay? And, uh, but he, it actually says his response was he ran and he threw himself at the feet of Jesus in a loud voice and he worshipped him. And, um, you know, the challenge is that the, you know, the other nine guys didn't do anything wrong, they did exactly what Jesus told them to do. Have you thought about that before? He told them, go and show yourselves to the priest. And, uh, and they didn't do anything wrong, yet there was one guy who woke up that it's not about the act, just of uh, doing the right thing, and we can tick off the box. We sang at church today. But one guy woke up to the idea that it's not about the song, but it's about God. Okay? One guy woke up to the idea that it's not about me being healed or me being fine, but it's about the Son of God. And, and today, it feels like God is not wanting to wake us up to a new, a new idea of what it looks like or to the new song that we're going to do today. But He wants to wake us up to the thing that it's about, Jesus. It's about Him. If it wasn't for Him, where would you and I be? That's really what I have for today. Okay? It's not the, the latest thing, but are you guys awake? Okay, are you with me? And um, I want to see before I clutter too much, but... It's off to your hearts, man. Okay? And I, and I tell you that God is not... We Honestly, I don't think we can stop heaven today by singing a new song and we sing it with all we got. It's, not, it's like God... There's a hundred churches meeting in this area today. All singing. <laughs> like, it's not about who sings the loudest that gets God's attention. It's about you. That, that is often like... What, what pleases Him is a sacrifice of praise. Something that cost us. And where it's Hebrews 13, where it says, that is the fruit of lips that profess his name. And then verse 16 actually goes on and says, and continue to do good to others. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. Yeah. It says, it's not about the song that just profess and then we go away again. It says, continue to do good. Live a life of worship. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. And... Um, I know you guys are here because you want to please God. And have you thought about this idea that we can change the emotion of God to a degree? Have you thought about that? That we can please Him. 
I don't know if you've thought about that before, okay? That what you bring to God today can please Him. And, and I want to tell you that there's something today that we can bring to God, that, that can, God can be in heaven today, and He can or be with us. <laughs> and it says, with this sacrifice, I'm well pleased. And I want to I stir you. I'm going to pass over to Len. And, uh, but there, as, as we go through life, okay, I want to stir you. There's going to be costly moments for you. Costly moments, sacrifice, sacrificial moments, things that doesn't happen, that, things that happen that we don't always understand. Like in the story of my sister, I didn't do justice to tell that. I want to urge you, worship God with the sacrifice of praise, and you'll see the mercy of God rushing to you.